0: Good morning, church. It is so good to see you. I love you, and I appreciate you so very much. Last week, we began to sort of take a step back from some of our sermon series and just remind ourselves of our ongoing theme this year, that our theme is Fix Your Eyes on Jesus. And we've been looking at Colossians chapter 3 and just reminding ourselves about what it looks like to live out Heaven's customs while on earth. If we can go back to that, let's stay on that first slide for just now. But we talked about what it looks like to live out heaven's customs on earth. In fact, I I challenged you to ask yourself before you do anything or say anything or post anything, whether or not that behavior, whether or not those words reflect your heavenly humanity or your earthly humanity. And we talked about the fact that we are living on earth the way it is in heaven, or we are supposed to be living as Christians on earth as it is in heaven, as if there are earthly customs and heavenly customs. But as we think about that idea of different cultures and different customs, what if What if you were to travel this morning? Or maybe we've gotten really good at using Zoom, haven't we? Let's let's, let's pretend that you're having a Zoom call with somebody on the other side of the world in some other country. And you know nothing about their customs or culture in that country. And you say, tell me about life there. Tell me about your customs. Tell me about your culture. And they were to say to you, now, okay, I'm going to tell you about our customs and our culture. Here's the first thing. We don't watch... American football. We don't watch American football. We don't like American football. Number two, we don't eat Whataburger. We don't eat Whataburger. Uh, Number three, we we don't eat barbecue. And number four, we don't wear cowboy boots. Now, they wouldn't really be telling you about their customs and culture. They would just be telling you they don't live in Texas, right? They, They don't have Texas customs and culture. But that's not how we define customs. That's not how we define culture we don't define our customs and our culture just based on what we don't do we don't base our customs and culture we don't describe our custom and culture just in a negative sense just in this isn't what we do we don't do those things we're not those kind of people we don't live that kind of way but as christians We kind of tend to do that, don't we? We kind of tend to describe our customs and culture just in a negative sense. Now, last week, we spent a lot of time talking about some of the negatives, talking about some of the things that we don't do because they are earthly customs. We talked about sexual immorality and impurity and passion and evil desire and covetousness and lying and anger and wrath and malice and slander and obscene talk. And we talked about how these things are the earthly ways of doing things. These are the earthly customs. This is the earthly culture. And we've all lived this way. We've all done these things. In fact, there is a part of us that still does these things. And Paul says, put to death that part of you put to death these customs put to death these practices in you and live as heavenly people live as people who've been resurrected with Jesus that heaven isn't just where we're going but it's what we're bringing in our customs and culture by living out this new humanity so more than the negative sense more than, well, we don't do that, we don't say that, we don't do these kinds of things, more than just what we don't do, how would you sum up heavenly culture? How would you sum up Christian culture? What exactly is it that Christians are supposed to do? How are we supposed to live? What is that supposed to look like? And I have one word for you this morning it's harmony. One word, harmony. Heavenly humanity is about harmony. Heavenly humanity is about harmony. It's about harmony with God and it's about harmony with each other. Okay, that's the sermon. We're done, right? But Wait, what does that mean? What does that look like? What does it look like to live out that kind of harmony? Harmony with God and harmony with one another. That's what our text is going to tell us this morning. Look at Colossians chapter 3 and verse 11. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 11. He says, here, here, within the body of Christ, here, within heavenly humanity, here, within these people that have been raised up with Jesus, here, the people that are focused On the things above, here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Now notice the way that he uses the word and, because he's saying here, here there's not Greek and Jew. Here there's not Greek and Jew. That's the way the world does things. The world does things by division. The world divides up humanity and says, here, Greek and Jew, and Paul says, no, here, within the heavenly humanity, here, within the heavenly way of doing things, our customs, our culture is not to divide that way. Out there, that's how they think, that's the earthly custom, but in here, our custom, our culture is not to say, Greek, Jew, divided. Here, our custom is not to say circumcised and uncircumcised. Or barbarian, which was just another way of saying a foreigner. They don't speak our language. They don't do things our way. Or Scythian, which was just an uncivilized type of person. Slave, free, free. That's how earthly people do things. Earthly people divide one another up and categorize one another and say, you're this kind of person and I'm this kind of person and there's a wall in between us and nothing has changed, has it? In fact, these divisions have become even deeper in earthly humanity. But disciples don't do division. Let me say that again. Disciples don't do division. Division. Disciples don't do division, disciples do unity. Now that doesn't mean that Paul didn't recognize differences. Paul recognized differences within the body of Christ, but he recognized that differences aren't something to divide us. Differences don't have to divide us. In fact, we can be united in spite of our differences. We can even celebrate our differences and the fact that Jesus is bringing us together. In fact, he says, Christ is all and in all. Jesus bridges the gaps. Jesus is in all, and Jesus is bringing us all together. And for us to have walls of division in between us, that would be the earthly way of doing things. That would be the way that we did things before, but now in Christ, we don't do that. As we said last week, we don't play that game here. We don't play the division game within the body of Jesus. Disciples don't do Division. Disciples do unity. Disciples do harmony. That's how we do things here. That's how we do things in the heavenly humanity. That's how we do things as resurrected people. That's how we do things as people whose vision, whose focus is on things above, not on the things of earth. Because the way we're supposed to be living is on earth as it is in heaven. And they don't do that in heaven. They don't do that in heaven. That's an earthly way of doing things. It's an earthly way. Dividing one another up. Categorizing one another. Putting walls in between one another. But Christ is breaking down those walls. And we can look around at our world, can't we? And we divide over all kinds of things whether it be ethnicity or ideology or any other division, and we say, you're this kind of person, you're that kind of person, you're them and I'm us, and we us and them everything. But Paul says, we don't do that here. We don't talk that way here. We don't live that way here. Disciples don't Do division. Disciples do unity. Why? Because Christ is in all. Christ is all. Christ is breaking down the walls of hostility, the walls of division, and bringing us together because differences don't have to equal divisions. We don't play that game here. We don't divide amongst ourselves. We are unified in Christ Jesus. This is the heavenly custom. You want to know heavenly custom? You want to know heavenly culture? Heavenly culture is unified. And in every city and every nation and every empire and every kingdom, that has been a radical idea for people to look and say, you people are so very different. You come from different places. You speak different languages. You, you have different cultures. You have different customs. Yet you're all together in one family. How is this possible? And that's when we say, Jesus, that's how this is possible. Because Jesus brings harmony where before only division existed. But disciples don't do division. Disciples do harmony. Disciples do Unity. Look at verse 12. He says, "...put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive." You want to know about heavenly customs? You want to know about heavenly culture? You want to know what it looks like to have a heavenly focus and not an earthly focus? It's about living this way. It's about living with compassion. It's about living with kindness. It's about living with humility. It's about living with meekness. It's about living with patience. It's about living with forbearance, bearing with one another. And if anybody has a complaint against another, here's what you do. You ready? You ready? If somebody has a complaint against somebody else, you probably got one of those, right? You have a complaint about somebody else, here's what you do. Forgive. Forgive each other. Why? Because that's what Jesus did for you. See, heavenly culture, heavenly customs, it's not just about we don't do that, we don't do that, we don't talk this way, we don't live this way. It's about these positive things. Let me tell you about heavenly culture. Let me tell you about heavenly customs. Let me tell you what it looks like to live out this kind of humanity, to reflect the Jesus kind of humanity. It looks like compassion and meekness. It looks like kindness. It looks like humility. It looks like forbearance. It looks like forgiveness. This is what it looks like within the new humanity, a different way of being human. And this is different, isn't it? This is a radically different way of living. This is a totally, completely, fundamentally, down to the very core of things way of living. And Paul says, this is what it looks like. This is what the new humanity looks like. This is what the new custom looks like. This is what the new culture looks like. This is what it looks like when you've been raised up with Jesus. When you went down into that water of baptism, you died. And when you were raised up, Different kind of person. And yes, you still have that earthly part of you that needs to be put to death on a daily basis. But this is what it looks like to live as someone who has been raised up with Jesus. It's not just about what you believe and what you don't do, what you abstain from. It's also about what you do proactively. This is what you do. You live with kindness and humility, with forbearance, with meekness, Forgive one another. Have patience with one another. Then he says in verse 14, And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. The, the word here that's translated as perfect harmony, the Greek word is teleotes. And that word is related to a lot of other words that are about completion, perfection, maturity. He says, put on love, which binds everything together in teleotes, in perfect harmony, in completion, in maturity. You, you want to you be... You want to be a kind of church family? You want to be the kind of community? You want to be the kind of people that are truly, honestly mature and the way you're supposed to be reaching completion? Then love each other. Put on love, which binds everything together in maturity, in completion. Again, it's like it's like taking the face off of a watch or a clock and looking at how all of the pieces work together in harmony. What brings all of those different pieces? Because all of the pieces are so very different. All of the gears, all of the springs, all of the levers, all of the pieces, bringing them all together so that they work together. It's Christ and it's love brings all of us together so that we work and function the way that we are supposed to, above all of these other characteristics, above all of these other qualities, above all of these other practices, above all of these other customs, put on love. Because this binds everything together in perfect harmony. Heavenly humanity is about harmony. It's about us functioning with God the way we were designed to function. Functioning with each other the way we were designed to function. Being a heavenly human, a resurrected human, a different kind of human, is being the kind of human we were actually created to be in the very beginning. This is the way humanity was made to function. We we weren't made to hate each other. We weren't made to fight each other. We weren't made to divide with each other. We were made to live in harmony. And when Jesus takes away the sin and Jesus takes away the animosity and Jesus breaks down the walls of division and barrier between us, we are supposed to function in harmony. And the only way we do this is have our eyes set on things above, not on the things of the earth. Live as heavenly humans and put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony now here's where I really want us to focus is verse 15 he says let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and the word the Greek word there that's translated as rule is brabeo and that Greek word was used to talk about what an umpire does what a referee does in games. We've all seen a a sporting event of one kind or another, and there's almost always some sort of an official, right? Some sort of an umpire, a referee to say, this is fair, this is not fair, you cheated, You, you won, you lost, and somebody is there to referee. And Paul says, let the peace of Christ be the referee in your heart. As opposed to what? And I spent a lot of time this week reflecting on that. As opposed to what? As opposed to who? who? Who else would be the referee in my heart? How else would I referee? And when do I need a referee? Like every moment of every day, right? I need a referee every moment of every day. Because we're constantly coming up against someone else. Someone else's agenda someone else's thoughts, someone else's opinion, someone else's way of living, someone else's customs, someone else's culture, and we're bumping up against all of these things, and and we constantly need a referee. Someone to say, hey, you're out of bounds. That's a flag on the play. Nope, don't do things that way. This isn't the way you're supposed to do things. That's not the way you're supposed to do things. And what we tend to do is let ourselves be the referee. Right? We tend to let ourselves be the referee. We tend to let our pride be the referee. We tend to let our anger be the referee. We tend to let our bitterness be the referee. We tend to let our own feelings, our own emotions be the referee to tell us when we're we're doing right. And our emotions almost always referee in our favor, don't they? We we almost always referee in our own favor. In fact, here's how we might sum this up: is you referee in favor of yourself, but Christ referees in favor of peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ referee in your hearts. You tend to, I tend to, we tend to referee in our own favor, don't we? When when someone bumps up against us and we, we look to the referee in our own heart and we say, okay, referee, and by that, we mean ourselves. Tell me, pride, who was right and who was wrong? And our pride always says, well, Wes, of course you were right and they were wrong. It was their fault. They stepped out of line. They, they cheated. They, they did something unfair. They did things the way they weren't supposed to do things. And you, you did things exactly the way you were supposed to do them. We tend to referee in our own favor, don't we? We tend to say, I'm right and they're wrong. And Paul says, that's the earthly way of doing things the heavenly way of doing things the new humanity way of doing things the way you do things when you have a heavenly focus as opposed to an earthly focus is you let the peace of christ referee in your heart you let jesus be the referee in your heart and the way jesus referees is he referees in favor of peace in favor of peace And so when we butt up against one another and we are sort of clashing and we're sort of not getting along and we're wondering who's right and who's wrong and who gets to go and who has to yield and who has to submit and and who gets to have their own way, Jesus and his peace bring us together and say, okay, okay, here, listen, Wes, here's where you were wrong and here's what you need to do and here's how you can have peace. See, we're never going to live in harmony if we each let ourselves referee in our own hearts, are we? We're never gonna have harmony if we each let ourselves and our own pride and our own bitterness and our own anger or whatever is going on inside of each and every one of us, we're never going to have harmony. We're never going to live in community the way we're supposed to if we are the referee in our own hearts because we will always referee in our own favor. How unfair would that be on the playing field, right? How unfair would that be if you got to be the referee of your own game? Because you're always going to referee in your own favor. And then there will never be agreement. There will never be peace. There will never be harmony. But Jesus referees in favor of peace. That's why Paul says, let the peace of Christ rule, referee, be the umpire in your hearts. This is the peace to which we are called. And that's how we live this out. That's how we put on love, which binds everything in perfect harmony. That's how when someone has a complaint against us or when we have a complaint against someone else, we forgive each other. Why? Because Christ has forgiven you. And when we recognize that Jesus has forgiven me and I've done all of these horrible things, I wasn't right, I didn't play according to the rules, I did mess up, I did step over the line, I didn't do the way I was supposed to, and Jesus forgave me. Then when someone crosses our lines, when someone strays into our lane, when someone does something against us, we can forgive them. Why? because that's what Jesus has done for us. And then we allow the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts and to say, you know what? I've done that too. I've messed up too. None of us none of us, have done it perfectly. Let's move towards peace. See, this is the life to which we are moving, the life into which we're stepping when we're baptized into Jesus. When we accept his forgiveness, when we're baptized... We accept his forgiveness. We say, yes, I I accept that I've messed up and I've been wrong and I've crossed the line and I've done things I shouldn't have done and said things I shouldn't have said and I want your forgiveness. But not only are we accepting his forgiveness, we're also pledging to strive to live according to these customs, these practices where we are extending to one another the forgiveness that has been extended to us. Where we're saying from now on, from this point forward, I don't want to be the referee in my own heart because I know I will always referee in my own favor. From this point forward, I want Jesus to be the referee in my heart because I know that he is going to referee. He is going to rule in favor of peace. And he is going to bring us together. And we can't have one without the other. We can't have the forgiveness of our sins without accepting that this means I need to extend forgiveness to one another. We can't experience the love of Jesus being extended to us if we're not interested in extending that love to one another because this is how heavenly customs work. God brings us into harmony with himself and then his desire is for us to live in perfect harmony With one another. And the only way that's possible is if Jesus gets to be the referee in our hearts. And we step back and say, No more. I'm not going to be the referee anymore. I don't get to decide who's right, who's wrong, who stepped over the line. Jesus gets to be the one who's going to bring us together in perfect functioning harmony. This is the life to which we're striving. And again, as we said last week, This is why we have to examine and ask ourselves before we say anything, before we do anything, before we post anything, before we share anything, does this reflect my heavenly humanity or does this reflect my earthly humanity? Am I reflecting the kind of peace and love and harmony and unity that Jesus wants me to reflect or am I playing the game that the world is playing? Who is being the referee here? Who is ruling here? Who is in charge here? And we have to ask ourselves that every moment of every day so that we constantly reflect our heavenly humanity. Church, if there's anybody here this morning and you're ready to put Jesus on in baptism and receive that forgiveness, but then also pledge your life to extending that forgiveness to one another, to live in harmony with God, but also to allow Jesus to help us to live in harmony with one another. If you're ready to accept that and put Jesus on in baptism and you haven't done that yet, this morning would be a wonderful time to do that. Or maybe you just need prayers or encouragement. Maybe you need to recommit your life to living as a resurrected human, a heavenly human, a new kind of self. I know that we constantly need to recommit ourselves to that. So if we can help you in whatever way you're struggling, in whatever way you need help, we would love to have you come forward as we stand and sing this song or meet with one of the shepherds after services. Let's sing together.